Hello and welcome to episode three of Following the Leaders, a podcast about uh, myself and my co-host Lou's journey through the Walter Dickey bursary. Hi Lou, how are you doing? Hi, Steve. Yeah, good. Thank you. Uh, how has your um, bursary planning been going since we last spoke at the end of uh, 2022? Um, good. Yeah, I, I got a bit, uh, I think it was slightly despondent in the last one just because of time. And we're still, still in that period of um, big application process through the Arts Council. But um, part of my bursary was to look at the fundraising side of our organisation and try and upskill a little bit. So I've been looking at some fundraising courses that I can go on and I've booked myself on a couple so they feel like they're ones I can do kind of you know online whereas the other part of it is about going off and visiting and, and having conversations which is going to take a bit more time and so rather than beating myself up and saying oh I'm, I haven't got the time to do that bit at the moment I'm kind of breaking it down so um so has it has it changed a little bit what your has your focus changed or widened out a little bit now it's just slightly widened I think you know we as we know in the third sector you know fundraising is a massive part of what we need to do and and also um one of the things that's come up for me recently is not just about external sources of funding but how we can um come up with some income generation areas within our organization so I was quite going down the road of, right, I need to learn more about trust and foundation fundraising, whereas I've kind of broadened it to what of the work that we currently do, can we monetize and um, try and have as a service provider? Mm. Um, so that's kind of my next bit of research to try and, is that possible? Can we do that? And um, yeah, but I'm still doing my visits to, to Edinburgh and hopefully Belfast, but there will probably be more like April time when the big application, you know, so prioritise the big application with the Arts Council, get that out of the way and done, and then look at the next step of it as well as um, what I can do while I'm just sat at the desk. Great. You? Well, um, yeah, April time is going to be uh, my trip as well. Um, I have the the, the final... confirmation of the date uh but i had yeah i had a so a chat with the festival that is programming the screenings of our work as which is going to be the kind of finale of the trip to um los angeles is this screening as uh, a festival uh, on saturday the 22nd um but i sent over to the programmer boyana um a um a whole bunch of stuff and we spoke last week and amazingly um, they are going to program a short film as well as our feature because she was really uh, um, taken by the work. Um, Amazing. So yeah, I couldn't believe it, and it's—I mean—it's brilliant for the people that were involved in the in the short as well because that's the work that followed the making of the feature film. We, we made the short film afterwards, um, but the, uh, and also we're going to make a a short introductory film. So some of the production team, people from the tape community. Uh, are going to make a kind of film where they can introduce themselves and talk about the work um you know just a just a quick piece to camera walk around the center talk about you know pe- people can introduce the films that folks are about to watch at the festival so that'll play first then the short film then the feature and then a little q and a slot and it's right in the middle of this full day of programming and we've got the the slot in the middle which is apparently the plum slot so that's really Max fantastic. Bang in the in you know hollywood you know that's 
yeah yeah which is amazing and uh there's uh the conversations going on now where linking to through the festival linking to other folks in la to come along so people from the uh, the British Consul, which is really good. Um, they have a thing called Brit Week every year. And I think we're mm -hmm. going to link as part of that. Uh, there's a disability arts organisation um, who are also going to be screening their work. So um, we're going to, uh, I'm going to have some conversations with those folks in the lead up to the screening um, and the trip as well. Um, and yeah, it's just really exciting. And, and we've got a couple of um, workshops coming up in um in about a fortnight where we're going to be looking at um some work we're doing with final draft screenwriting software where we are going to be making an accessible version of um that software which they're going to embed into the software and create a bespoke template for us and we're going to start making that work and the the idea is that i'll visit final draft when i'm there and we'll do some kind of launch of that template during the trip as well which um wasn't part of the in initial bursary application but has come about um through some other work but also um because i'm going to be in their neighborhood you know i can yeah. I, 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 we can we can do some face-to-face -face working and um connect that way and uh, and hopefully it'll add some extra value to that partnership so yeah pretty exciting pretty exciting and um I, i've yet to book my plane tickets but i'm doing that this week i think <laughs> <laughs> the admin side of it yeah i can place. comfortably <laughs> do it now they've watched it yeah. and programmed as i know that i can that i've got to be there on that date so yeah that's it's all all pretty exciting um yeah so but we also have an exciting guest today following on from our, our episode with uh, isla horton today we're speaking with steve brooks uh, who we've just had a chat with i think what's really interesting about steve is that he was the first recipient and so he was going through this kind of unknown process. You know, when, when you and I applied, we both looked at the website and could see Steve, could see Isla and, and, and see the other recipients to see, mm. oh, I see, that's what people did with it. And that's why they applied. Whereas Steve was going in blind and, and you know, um, happy, you know, he explained his reasons for applying, which is really interesting and what he's, where he's, where he is now. Um, but definitely there are similar themes to some of the things that I was talking about and, and some of the things that you and I have discussed around the luxury of time mm. as a leader on your own um, professional development. Um, so sometimes it's nice to know that everybody else shares the same thing, even though it's, you know, maybe a thing that we shouldn't be feeling. But um, uh, yeah, really interesting, really interesting conversation. And I hope people enjoy it. Absolutely. Well, let's go and listen to it now. This is uh, Steve Brooks, the 2017 recipient of the Walter Dickey Bursary. Speak to you soon, Lou. Thanks, Steve. Steve, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast. This is our well, third episode uh, of the Following the Leaders podcast. Could we just start with you introducing yourself, please? Yeah, um, I'm uh, Steve Brooks. I'm now uh, a policy um, strategy and communications consultant, but when I won the bursary, I was at a charity called Sustrans. And you you were the first recipient, is that right, of the, of the bursary? Yeah, yeah. I think um, Walter had passed away the year before, so this was the first time they'd kind of pulled together the, the bursary and the, uh, the award, yeah, so that was 2017. So it was a bit of an unknown and um thing for you so what made you 
think, oh, that looks good. I think I might apply for that. Um, I think initially it was it was the other it was the other way around. I kind of saw it, uh, clicked on the the link, and then read a bit of it and closed it back down because I didn't feel like the word entrepreneur really kind of um, related <laughs> to me. Um, yeah. So it was one of those things that looked quite interesting. I knew of of, of Walter Dickey and his, his work with the WCBA previously, so I'd always been quite inspired by um, his his kind of his work and, and obviously aware of the legacy. Um, but yeah, I, I never felt like a kind of an entrepreneur. I always had in my head it'd be somebody like Richard Branson or or Steve Jobs who are making an absolute fortune. Um, but I think I I did a bit of reading, did a bit of reflecting on what an entrepreneur was um started to kind of delve into more of the thinking around like social entrepreneurship uh, and, and what that is um and started to feel a little bit more comfortable i think uh, with, with with some of those definitions so um so applied off the back of that and how did you find the application process given that you were the first person to uh, or in the first cohort of people to apply what was the application process like for you um it was I mean, there's nothing that you can kind of use as a kind of a previous um, uh, kind of an example or template to kind of go off. So it, it did feel a little bit like you were kind of um, writing from a blank sheet of paper. Mm. Um, I suppose the thing that I had in the back of my mind was it felt like quite a luxury um, because I think all of us, you know, whatever your role, you, you tend to kind of um, kind of work in the organisation and actually taking time to kind of work on yourself and work on the organization sometimes can feel like a bit of a luxury so although I kind of there was a voice in my head that said actually this will be really good for both you and you know the organization and the movement you're part of another part of me thought oh you know you've got all of this stuff you've got to be doing what about the day job can you you know can you afford the time out to kind of um, do this stuff so I think you know completing the the application form and kind of getting all my ideas down on paper was relatively easy but it was just I think breaking through that that kind of slight guilt, I suppose, that it's a slight luxury to be doing this kind of stuff. But that's definitely a theme that's come up through the, yeah. definitely uh, the, um, uh, the previous um, guest and both myself and Steve. So yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's a clear clear theme. And what were you hoping to to do with it? You know, what were you applying to do? Yeah. Um, so I had, um, I think I was in my role at Sustance for about 12 months when I applied. So I was um, national director for Sustance in Wales. So Sustance was a, or it still is, a walking and cycling charity. Um, and really, I was keen to understand how we could essentially kind of further our mission as a charity. Um, I remember I'd had kind of three kind of objectives I suppose when I started one was around improving the kind of the impact that the charity had with its program work there was another around um, income generation um, and a third around kind of policy and political influence really um, and I saw the bursary as a really really good way to just spend a bit of time out of the office to think more deeply about the mission of the charity learn internationally about some of the kind of issues and challenges facing uh, sustainable transport and also look at some of the kind of the solutions and just understand not just how they worked, but also how those solutions were kind of embedded, essentially, so how those solutions were adopted. Um, so I spent, uh, I did two things with the bursary. I went to um, Oxford University. They do a, 
an executive leadership program called um, Global Challenges in Transport. Um, slightly intimidating because we're kind of working class uh, lad who went to the University of Morgan. Um, so uh, Oxford University did feel slightly alien, but that was a really good immersive um, time just spent with academics um, and kind of an international crop of students really just really kind of digging into some of the kind of the problems like the social and environmental problems that exist and how transport sometimes causes those problems and how transport can um, sometimes solve those problems so that was really good for the kind of like the the kind of thought leadership bit and then I also spent time in Copenhagen so there's um there's a company called Copenhagenizers um who are a urban design and kind of um architecture practice um so obviously cities like Copenhagen Amsterdam are at the forefront of kind of green transport um they run what they call a masterclass which is essentially kind of um a intensive uh week-long program where you essentially just look at how the city's been built um if you're into kind of pavements and tarmac and uh, road junctions and things like that it's, it's very exciting but <laughs> um, you, you've spent a, a good chunk of time looking at how the city was put together um with you know fellow kind of campaigners, architects, um, urban planners, transport engineers, and all the rest of it. Um, so that kind of gave me the the more practical element, I suppose, that I was looking for. So it's kind of understand all this is practically how you how you make a city more more kind of livable and a city that's easier to get around for everyone. What were you hoping to bring out of those two uh, uh, connections that you'd made with uh, Oxford and Copenhagen? What were you hoping to come um, back with? I think. A few things. Partly it was about, um, I think, legitimacy. Part of the role quite often when it was at Sustrans is you, you kind of you're talking to people who perhaps have worked in transport for 30, 40 years and have always done it a certain way. Um, so for this, it was kind of like a crash course in some of the some of the more techie stuff. So you could feel a little bit more comfortable, I suppose, having having arguments with um, traditional kind of power engineers. Um, part of it was also I think just to give you space to understand how issues in Wales um, link to international issues and also kind of where some of those international examples of best practice could be kind of delivered in Wales. And then probably the thing that I underestimated that was the strongest kind of takeaway was the inspiration and just the motivation. Um, I think just spending time with you know, a group of people who are really passionate about the same thing as yourself and kind of really kind of delving into the nth degree of, of detail about it. Um, there's, there's kind of very little to kind of replicate that kind of, um, that kind of experience. And I think one of the, one of the things that I learned about entrepreneurs, I suppose, when I was doing some kind of wider reading and reflection on it is this kind of point about obsession. Um, and I think quite often entrepreneurs can be obsessed with the, the thing that they're passionate about um and so i think spending time with other people who were kind of passionate about sustainable transport and changing how we move around our towns and cities i think that just kind of gives you a real kind of shot in the shot in the arm um which is really good and so um what are you you know obviously you're um consultant now yeah what do you think from the your learning from the bursary you've kind of taken through for, to to your current role um i think it's around the the practicalities of actually getting stuff done um 
some parts of the third sector can be very good at um, perhaps articulating the change that needs to happen. But when it comes to okay, how do we how do we do that? Um, they can sometimes not necessarily have all of the the answers. Um, so I think what I've tried to do as a consultant, and I do work with um, some for profit organisations, and I work for, for, with with some charities as well. But I suppose what I tried to do is, is bring that sense of you're not just kind of calling for change, but you, you're kind of helping, whether it's government, um, local government, the NHS, whoever it might be, but charities um, have a role to play to, to kind of help make change practically happen. Um, so it's that kind of getting into the, not the detail necessarily, but getting into the kind of practicalities of how, how things should work. Um, is I think one thing I try and do as a, as a freelancer, but something I think that kind of shone out in the in the experience I had with the bursary. Listening to you talk, there's a there's a uh, an, an element of you challenging yourself throughout the whole of the the, the experience that you had uh, from the from the the bursary. First of all, uh, kind of reframing how you thought about yourself in terms of social entrepreneurship, and then um, putting yourself. Uh, into a situation where you were not comfortable initially uh, going over to Oxford. Yeah. Um, do, how do you how do you feel on the, sort of the other side of those? Uh, uh, is it how important is it? Do you think to challenge yourself in the way that you did and and encouraging other people to sort of uh, undertake those sorts of challenges? Um, I wouldn't say it's um, it was kind of like the driving force of why I applied for the bursary. But I think um, there's that old kind of Eleanor Roosevelt quote about do something every day that kind of terrifies you or, 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 or makes you fearful. Um, I think I've always been somebody who can get easily bored. Um, and so for me, the kind of the anecdote to that is to kind of, I suppose, work in a way which is kind of pushing yourself or challenging yourself um and it's about for me i suppose getting comfortable with being uncomfortable sometimes mm. um and i think once you have uh, a series of experiences where you are the only whatever in the room you know the only woman in the room uh the only person of color in the room the only working class person in the room i think the more of those types of experiences you can expose yourself to the less intimidating they become and um, i think a kind of a degree of nerves is always is always good um i used to love uh if i really so strange doing a lot of the media stuff but i was always as terrified mm -hmm. you know i've done it for the 300th time otherwise the first time anyway you know nerves is, mm -hmm. is a good thing um but i think getting comfortable with being uncomfortable is 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 a you know not just professionally but personally i think is a good good life lesson <laughs> I was just going to say, um, I'm, I'm, it's partly I was starting to write that down because I think that'd be really nice, uh, a, a, a nice quote and definitely one that I um, resonate to. Um, would you recommend the process? You know, we're, we're not sure. We're presuming that it will happen again this year, that yeah. there will be opportunities for people to apply this year. Um, would you recommend it to others to, to go for? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, I was you know when I look back I think I was at Sustrans for about five and a half years of all the experiences I had this is definitely you know amongst the the kind of the not just the fondest memories of my time there but also the kind of the I think one of the um achievement field that the wrong word but 
one of the kind of the, the things that stands out the most, I think, for me in terms of the experiences I I had. Um, I think it's really difficult if you're in a leadership role because a lot of the time your personal development is actually your own responsibility. Um, not always, but often, I think if you're in a more junior role, then the kind of there might be kind of mandatory training program or you know, a good line manager might recommend, you know, you spend time with X as a mentor. Um, so you get all of that support. And what I found is kind of the, I suppose, I hate the word kind of climbing the ladder and all of that kind of um, imagery, but the, I suppose the more senior you get, the more autonomy you have for your own development. Mm. Um, so I would encourage anybody at kind of whatever level, because I think everybody's a leader in some way, but I'd encourage anybody to kind of look at the, the application process next time if it, if they if they run it again but again i think the takeaway is you know okay i've got some financial support to do the things that i did through the bursary which was fantastic but i think there's always kind of other ways to kind of skin a cat so i think if people are passionate about there's a there's a process or there's some steps i want to go on to develop myself then the bursary could be one way to do that but there are perhaps other ways to to do it as well so i encourage people just to spend a bit of time to think about how how they might do that uh, well, I've taken loads from what you've had, what you've said this morning, Steve. Thank you so much for coming onto the podcast to speak with us. We re really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been great. Thanks, Steve.